Let me pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening where we can gather together. On this Christmas Eve, as your people have for so many years, remembering the great gift that you gave to your people, the gift of your life, Jesus, taking our sins to the grave and rising again, but being born on that Christmas morning, Lord, the, the world waited, and now we look back upon that day, thankful for all that you have done, and we pray this in your name, amen. Well, I don't know what your tradition is, if you are opening presents tonight or if you are opening presents tomorrow, uh, but typically the instructions come after the opening of the gifts. Uh, tonight, the instructions are the gift, and so these are the instructions you're going to follow, and uh, Something we've done the last few years now is the Festival of Nine Lessons and Carols. And I think I have this whittled and refined enough that will fit within the time frame. I won't have to skip over portions of it. So these are the instructions. Just follow along as we go. Let's begin with uh, our responsive call to worship. He came as a baby in a manger. He came in a lowly stable. Shepherds brought their worship. Angels sang his praise. Magi brought their gifts. What shall we do? Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Amen. Let's sing verses 1 and 3 of hymn number 340. make sure everyone has an order of worship tonight. If you don't, just raise your hand and Reggie will get one to you. And also a hymnal, unless you'd like to share with the person next to you, that is also fine. So uh, if you don't have an order of worship, just ask Reggie in the back. Genesis 3, verses 1 to 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, 
we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you should not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. Let's sing verses one and two of hymn number 329. Second lesson, God promises to be faithful to Abraham, that in his seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis 22, 15 to 18. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heavens and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Let's sing hymn 328 verses one and two.
third lesson is responsive. The prophet foretells the coming of the Savior. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. Jesus Christ is our life and light. In his name and in his power. Let us worship God. Let's sing 347 verses 1, 2, and 3. Yes. And we'll stand up and sing. Thanks, Barb. Let's stand and sing. Fourth lesson, the peace that Christ will bring is foreshown. Isaiah 11, verses 1 to 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. A branch from its root shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what, he, what, what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor, and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. 
Let's sing hymn 355, verses 1 and 3. Good Christian friends, rejoice. fifth lesson, the angel Gabriel uh, salutes the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is from Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Following reading is from Luke 1, 46 to 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Let's sing hymn 354, verses 1 and 2, Angels from the Realms of Glory.
So this season of Advent, if you've been in our morning services, we've been going through different Christmas carols, uh, considering where they're rooted in the text, how the text plays out in the songs that we sing, uh, the history and the authorship of the music. And tonight, just for a brief moment, I want to consider Silent Night. And uh, you can probably guess where it's rooted. So Luke 2, we will read that shortly. But it teaches us, uh, obviously from a, you'd say from an interpreter's standpoint, what was happening in Luke 2. So we're going to enter into that carol that we know so well. I mean, it's probably one of those songs that each of us have been singing since uh, we've been in grade school. Uh, I remember uh, writing, as I was writing the sermon, when I was in, I think, third grade, we had this bank in our hometown. Mike would know it, downtown Wassa, right across from the mall. And we'd go up on the risers, our parents would come watch us, and we'd sing all the Christmas hymns. And back then, um, this was not unfamiliar to even sing in a public school setting. Um, but we were there for the chocolate coins, because when we got done singing, they would give us those little chocolate coins, you know? And, uh, and so those things are not a thing of the past, as a matter of fact. Um, my wife asked my son, what do you want for Christmas? And like without taking a breath, he goes, chocolate coins and a slide to get out of bed in the morning. I'm like, what? <laughs> chocolate coins. Yes. Chocolate coins. We'll get this pastor to sing. But this song, this one, we've learned to love. And we've learned from it. You know, at a young age, we learn the setting of Luke 2. We, we, we get this picture in our mind of what's happening in that stable, in that cave with those animals, Christ being born in that feeding trough, if you will, and wrapped in swaddling cloth. No city lights, no buzz of traffic, silent night, holy night. And holy night, you know, uh, almost feels underwhelming, like an understatement, but we're not catching the word holy. I mean, it, it's the transition of all of history. You know, it, it's that breaking point of BC to 80. It, it's, it's Christ. Everyone was waiting for the Messiah to come, looking forward to his birth, and now we all look back to when he came. Silent, holy night. Let me just read the lyrics of the carol. Silent night, holy night, all is calm and all is bright. Round young virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glories stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord at thy birth, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. I mean, the, the, the lyrics are in our, our bones, right? I wonder how often we've just stopped to soak in the lessons from Luke 2 in those words. I mean, it's such an image we get from the text, that silent night, that holy night, maybe a cool night in a place of warmth, you know, animals giving off their body heat, maybe the place was warm. 
but it was the night that everything changed. Jesus born, second person of the Trinity, God taking on flesh, born to live the life we couldn't live, in perfect obedience and holiness to God, and then to die the death that was due us in our place some 33 years later. There at the cross, taking our sins in his death, doing away with them once and for all, rising again and giving us his righteousness. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. I love the, the contrast we have there. In Matthew one twenty one, the angel says, she will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Romans 15, 22, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Christ the Savior is born. One of my favorites from Hebrews chapter one, verses one to four. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. And you shall call his name Jesus, right? For he will save his people from his sins. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Christ the Savior is born. Just this full picture of who this is in that manger. Born that night, this Christ we sing about, not just during Advent, not just Christmas season, but all year, all year we sing about this Jesus. Sometimes I wonder, do I talk about Jesus enough? I mean, that's the whole point of why we're here. He's it, that's it, it's Jesus. Here he is born. We sing these words of this silent night and that setting pulls us in. Even if I thought it was about chocolate coins, it wasn't. We all learned that too. Well, what about the song? Let me talk about that just for a couple minutes here. The author of the song was a man named Joseph Moore. Joseph was born in 1792 in the city of Salzburg, Austria. His, his passion was music from a young age. He was part of the choir at Salzburg. Um, his passion for music combined with a passion for Christ led him to life in the priesthood. In 1815, Joseph Moore was ordained. Following his ordination, he served many congregations in Austria. And while he was in ministry, serving in a congregation in the uh, Austrian Alps, this is where he wrote the lyrics to this song, Silent Night. So the rumor was going around at this time while he was serving that congregation, there is not a perfect hymn. There needs to be a perfect hymn. Whether true or not, it still makes a good story, right? There needs to be a perfect hymn. And so the story goes, this was now Moore's goal. For his Christmas Eve service, he was going to write the perfect hymn. 
What makes a hymn perfect? That's a question we have to ask. I suppose it's the lyrics, if they're scripturally grounded, if it's memorable and it teaches, and if the tune is catchy, if it's, if it's a song we sing from third grade until the end, when we're in the nursing home. But it also has to be a song that lasts 200 years. So this one lasted 200 years. Now we've kind of put the, the time frame on all the other hymns we've talked about. This one is roughly 200 years old. Now I would say the proof of the perfect hymn is if it stands the test of time, if it stands the test of scripture if it continues to teach, if it continues to get in our bones, if it continues to be sung, even if our memory fails. So Christmas caroling a few weeks ago, we were at uh, Joan Ryerkirk's apartments and uh, um, the, the cafeteria was full, if you were with us. And we sang and many people sang with us. And when we got done singing, one of the... Uh, um, I don't know, administrator, superintendents. One of the employees asked if we would go sing to the locked unit, to the memory unit, you know, where the doors are locked so people don't wander off and not find their way home. And of course, you know, we were all maybe feeling a little sung out at that point, but we're like, yeah, we can end the night this way. So we went through the locked doors and uh, we crammed into a, a little space there. And there were a couple of people sitting uh, right in front of us. I think it was one lady's birthday. She was a hundred and something. Do you remember Dale? hundred and maybe, was she a hundred? hundred years old? Um, there were a few people sitting to our right. But then off in the living room area, uh, there were a group of people sitting there as well. The news was on and it just, it just seemed so irrelevant. It didn't seem like anyone was watching the news, but they were sitting there. And we began to sing, to sing these Christmas carols in the memory unit. And I was watching the people sitting in the, uh, the TV area. And when we got to some of these songs, like, like Silent Night, you begin to see their, their mouths move. And they begin to sing along. I mean, here you have represented different occupations, different families, a life well lived for many. And now maybe they don't remember their kids. They don't remember their name, maybe. But this song was in their bones. It was so neat, you know? Like they just started singing these songs. You could just see their lips moving. I'm like, what songs are in our bones, you know? When we're there, when our time comes, when this church comes to sing to you, will you sing along? For me, that's, that's the sign of the greatest hymn ever, and it could be a bunch of them. It's those ones that get in our bones. You don't need memory to sing them. You sing them just like you walk. They're inside of you. So that was Moore's goal. He set out to write the best hymn ever, rooted in the reality of the coming king of kings into this world on that silent night, on that holy night. So when Moore had written the hymn for his upcoming Christmas service, he took the hymn to his superior, Franz Gruber. Franz took the text and he exclaimed, Friend Moore, you found it. The right song, God be praised. So Christmas night came. Moore and Gruber sang the song at the service. It said that Gruber played the melody 
on his guitar. Well, as the best songs in the world go, it's hard to keep them a secret. So one author tells this story. Neither Moore nor Gruber intended for their song to make it down the mountain. But it didn't take long for Silent Night, obviously, to reach Des Moines, Iowa. The story that was spread, it had to do with an organ repairman. The organ repairman, his name was Carl Marochin. Uh, he not only repaired organs, he built organs, and he went to repair Moore's organ. And while he was there repairing the organ of Moore, he came across a copy of Silent Night. So from an organ repairman to the next organ went Silent Night. And it was forwarded all the way around Europe. It finally made its first hymnal appearance in 1838 in a German hymnal. And it was interesting, at the bottom of that German hymnal, it said, Hymn of Unknown Origin. These are the histories I found, so hopefully they're known <laughs> at this point. Eventually, the hymn made its way to America. It was translated into English by an American Episcopal priest named John Young. Young became a bishop, and he's not only remembered for translating songs into English, uh, he also put two hymnals together, just as a side note. Uh, the first hymnal he put together was called Hymns, for, Hymns and Music for Young People. It was published in 1861, and the second one was called Great Hymns of the Church, published in 1887. So here we have uh, this greatest hymn from the Alps down throughout Europe, across the ocean, hundreds of years later, in Des Moines, Iowa. So again, it might be debatable what is the greatest hymn, but this one we know for sure that we know for sure. And it's the one we're going to end on in uh, a short moment here after we take communion. We're going to have you light your candles. My daughters will be standing here. You'll light on their candle. We'll walk around uh, the sanctuary and we'll sing uh, Silent Night together. But let me close this meditation in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for music. We thank you for good music rooted in good theology, in rich scripture, music that gets into our bones. And I pray that each of us would have those songs, Lord, that we will never forget those songs about you, about your greatness, about your glory, that spring and spark life into us. Lord, you know we need those songs over and over. We pray this in your name. Amen. But this time the offering is going to be taken and the offering will be for World Renew Disaster Response Services.
So the setting for Silent Night from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went out from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were, they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's sing together hymn 348, verses 1 and 2. Let's stand to sing these two verses. 348, 1 and 2. Seventh lesson, the shepherds go to the manger. Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and, on, and peace on the earth among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told concerning this child. And also all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for they had heard, for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Let's sing together Away in a Manger, verses 1 and 2, 348. Lesson, the wise men are led by the star to Jesus. Matthew 2, verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we, st- we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and by, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. Far from, uh, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with joy And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him, that opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. If you join us on Sunday, we'll talk about why they were warned not to return to Herod. But let's sing Joy to the World, verses 1 and two, and we're going to stand for this one as well. 337, one and two.
may be seated. Our ninth lesson, John unfolds the great mystery of the incarnation, and this will be responsive as printed in your handout. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He was not the light, but came to bear witness. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Glory. glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's sing the last two verses of Joy to the World. pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for coming into the world to do what we were unable to do. And now as we come to receive these elements from this table, remind us of the great grace that you've given to us in the gift of your life. Continue to seal and build life into us, that life that is yours as we're made and molded and shaped to be more like you. Lord, be glorified, we do pray in Christ's name. Amen. Our call to confession is this, when Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, he became like us in all things but sin. May we who are now reborn in him be free from our sinful ways. Let's confess our sins to God. Would you bow your head as I pray again? Holy God, you sent a star to guide the Magi to the child Jesus. We confess that we have not followed the light of your word. We have not searched for signs of your love in the world or trusted your good news to be good. We failed to praise your son's birth, and we've refused his peace on earth. We've expected little, and we've hoped for less. Now I'll take a moment to silently confess your sin to God.
Based on Isaiah 52 and Luke 2, receive this assurance of pardon. Break forth together in singing. You ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. People of God, through the coming of Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate, the Lord has comforted and redeemed us too. In Christ, we receive the salvation of our God. Glory to God in the highest. At this time, I want to invite all members, baptized members, in good standing. If you're from a different church, if you're in good standing, a confessing Christian, join us uh, to receive the elements. Um, and then when the elements are served to you, I'll have you grab a candle and then light the candle off of one of my daughter's candles and make a circle around, uh, around the church. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and after he broke it, he gave thanks and said, Take and eat. This is my body broken for you. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, while they had eaten, he took the cup. He said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. The cup of blessing which we bless is the communion of the blood of Christ. If you'll form two lines and come forward this way and work your way out.
Now we've been fed at the Lord's table for the word of God read tonight. We know the history of the song we're going to sing here. And when you get to the end, love's pure light, just raise up your light. When the song is over, I'll blow up my candle, then you all can blow out your candles as well. If you don't know the lyrics, pretend and let others sing it as well, but I'm assuming most of you do know it, so... who comes with healing in his wings, fill you with the joy and peace that passes all understanding. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you tonight, always, and forever. Amen. So we can put it right back in the basket too. If you want to go around and come.